Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm your host, I'm a retail transformation specialist and I work with companies to help them successfully deliver their complex transformations and make critical changes to drive business improvement, strategies and goals. I'm also the author of the upcoming book Driving Retail Transformation, which is out on the 5th of March 2024. So just a few weeks from now. Find out more at drivingretailtransformation.com. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to today's episode. This one is episode 274, number 274. In a challenging market where you're perhaps experiencing poor performance or tough financials, often it's a necessity to focus in on the short term, looking at the next year end, looking at the next quarter, working on a month-to-month basis, etc., etc., you get the idea. However, and I'm sure we all know this, often we can be faced with relatively easy decisions to deliver those short-term results, but ultimately impact the long-term viability or performance of the company. This balancing of the short-term and the long-term is a tough challenge, but a crucial challenge to lean into. So maybe you're looking at streamlining the operating model to deliver cost savings in this year, but you know it's going to impede the future results. Or maybe you don't know, but it hasn't been considered and it could impact the future results. Maybe you're looking at cutting some corners that ultimately results in an element of customer dissatisfaction or worse, frustration. Maybe you're taking advantage of consumers and being faced with calls from customers and the media of profiteering. Or it could also be offering extreme value, too good to be true, discounts, promotions, price cuts, whatever, in order to get customers flocking in the door or onto site. But it comes with the future challenge of meeting year-on-year numbers and getting drawn into a promotional drug cycle but also training customers to expect heavy discounting. And therefore, it's harder to justify full prices going forward. So in this episode, we're going to dive into this challenge of making short-term gains, but suffering long-term pains. And this is actually going to be part one of a two-parter. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your usual podcast app. Just hit that button now. And with new episodes coming out every single week, you'll be sure to be able to catch the next episode, episode 275, as well as future episodes. And by the way, cast your mind back as well, because we've got tons of great episodes in the archives. So I do encourage you to go back and check them out. My aim is to almost always make episodes that are timeless, that you can come back and listen to in a month or a year or five years. And given the podcast has been going over five years, I challenge you, go right back to the beginning and see if there's still value. (laughs) And actually, on the show notes page today, there are going to be several different episodes 
connected to this episode that it may be useful to go back and start with those ones. So head on over to obandco.uk slash 274 and you'll find the show notes there with, like I say, some additional episodes to check out next, as well as the chance to sign up for my retail transformation briefing. Every week, I'll send you an email for free with all of the key headlines from around the world of retail that show how the market is evolving and changing. With new insights, new ideas, and new innovations, my aim is to inspire you and to give you the tips and tactics to successfully transform. So head on over to the show notes, www.obandco.uk slash 274. So diving further into this challenge of short-term gains and long-term pains, if we dissect it, what's really happening here is that we're focusing or prioritizing on a single metric, a single KPI, too much. And in turn, we lose sight of the bigger picture as well as other KPIs. So maybe we're focused on revenue and we forget about profits. Maybe we're focused on operational costs and budget and we forget about customer experience. Maybe we focus on availability and we forget about waste and stockholding or vice versa for that matter. Now, of course, I'm being a bit facetious. We don't completely forget about it, but it takes the back seat. It falls lower down the priority list. And when there becomes this choice of, could we improve availability? Yes, we can. We'll do this. It has a waste hit. Ultimately, the focus is on availability or whatever the metric is, right? And this is tough because there are so many different success factors for retail, let's be honest. And it's arguably impossible (laughs) to focus on all of them without any sort of negative impact to another one, right? It's a complex web of interactions and even contradictions as well. Additionally, we also suffer from a temptation to act quickly and decisively and feel good in the moment. And we take the view of we'll deal with tomorrow's problems tomorrow. And sometimes we know we're making issues for tomorrow and we do genuinely believe we can overcome them. Sometimes we may look at other people or other companies and consider them making short-term decisions that perhaps even if we've got a slight negative view in our head, maybe we're thinking, oh, they're making a short-term decision to make themselves look good and they're going to move on or they're not going to be around or whatever when the world eventually implodes and it's not going to be their problem to deal with. Or maybe we've got our head in the sand and we're not even really thinking about tomorrow because we're so focused on today and we're focused on a very small amount of priorities, right? We're really zoomed into that revenue target or whatever it is. And actually, this temptation to act quickly for immediate results reminds me a lot about our own human behaviours in the wider world, not in business. Maybe it's that temptation to have that extra delicious donut. We'll worry about the hips in the future, right? Maybe we'll have just one more drink because I'm having a good time right now. I won't worry about the hangover until tomorrow. Maybe we'll watch another episode of TV and get to bed that little bit later than we wanted to. Ultimately, we all know the behaviours that are good for us, but we also enjoy that short-term gratification. And without self-control, 
it's often easy to go for the short-term gratification. It's good to feel good right now, rather than maybe feel good in the future. And arguably, aspects of modern-day life only exacerbate this further, as we, humans, chase that one extra like or heart or whatever it is. But as I say, in our own lives, we do know, deep down, the behaviours that are good for us in the long run. And when we transfer this back into the retail world, again, we must know what's good for us in the long run. And that will help us as we look to balance the short term and the long term. It's a tough dilemma for sure. And so my first question to you is, do you have a long term vision that you're clear on? And that, by the way, your colleagues and everyone around you is also clear on. It's a North Star, essentially, that is going to help you and your entire organization to stay true to the values and the vision that you've set consciously. And each decision that you make should steer you towards this North Star, this ultimate destination, as a guiding light almost. And if you do have this North Star laid out, do you have the faith and the belief that this is the right place to get to? Because if there is not this total commitment to the North Star, then frankly, it's easy to make excuses as to why the short-term opportunity is also a really important destination to get to and why you should divert to get there first, right? And it's worth thinking if your North Star is actually expansive enough, if it is challenging enough, if it is aspirational enough that you genuinely, truly want it. But as I say, the challenge is in those short-term detours, meeting the demands of shareholders, investors, the press or senior leaders, right? Now, in the highly volatile world that we live in, unfortunately, chasing short-term results are somewhat of an inevitability at certain stages of an organization's life. You could do everything you can to set yourself up for success and be following this aspirational North Star, and yet suddenly COVID happens, right? Or whatever. And reacting to this short-term urgent need, like I say, it's an inevitability, and we need to know how to deal with it when it does happen. And the first consideration here is really about balancing the conflict between the short-term and the long-term. And with all types of conflict, what do we need? Ultimately, it's about communication here about ensuring there is clear, transparent lines of communication between relevant parties. There are no hidden agendas. There are no winners and losers, right? You win or lose as a team. Hopefully, there should be that clarity about what's needed for the long term. So ensure that your communications focus on gaining that clarity around what's needed in the short term. If the alternative is that the organization is going to become bankrupt or fall into administration in the next quarter, then suddenly that drives a lot more priority to the short term versus something that's much less critical, right? Whilst we're also thinking about the conflict between short and long term, it's also crucial to share the rationale behind the thinking, the recommendations, the decisions that are being made for both the long term decisions and the short term decisions, right? Communicate the assumptions, engage in the discussion to ensure that even if not everyone is in agreement, everyone can commit to the agreed direction. 
It may be prudent to engage a suite of trusted advisors to ensure that you're getting different perspectives and expertise for both the long term and the short term. And in turn, if you manage to balance the conflict between the long term and the short term, and you may not be able to get it perfectly smooth, but you'll get alignment between the different functions and the different teams so that everyone is at least pulling in the same direction. You don't want one half of the organization making rash short-term decisions and the other half making strategic long-term decisions, right? That is in conflict in itself and it will tear the business apart, metaphorically and perhaps literally as well. And I'm being a bit facetious with all of these examples and sort of analogies, right? But you get the idea, I hope. I've certainly worked in a number of different businesses where there are those urgent and genuinely quite critical short-term targets for whether it's cost saving or whether it's revenue generation, whatever. And especially when the entire company, the leadership, the communications is all about that short-term goal. Now, it gets very easy, very alluring to just focus on the short-term, right? But I've also hated that nagging feeling in the back of your mind that, ah, if we do this, it's going to come back and bite us in the bottom next year. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about, right? And wow, is it tough to engage in that conversation when everyone is thinking short-term. But if we don't, then there is no balance between the short-term and the long-term. And we end up in this severely short-term biased world. The next thought that I wanted to share with you is around having a suite of options available. And this is both for short-term and long-term and generally good all-round practice, right? But don't just look at one option. Have a whole different range of options to choose from. And remember that the status quo, i.e. no change from where we are today, is always on the table too. In fact, if you can't make a decision, the status quo wins through. This is the default option. So as you look at all your different options available, consider the pros and cons of each. You know, it's easy, and again, I have been guilty of this in the past, to only look on the bright side, to only look at the positives, and you can ignore or downplay the negatives, right? How many times have you been in meetings where you've been discussing an idea and there's been a challenge raised and the general consensus is, oh no, that will be fine because of blah, 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 whatever. Oh no, that's not really going to be a problem. We'll just fix that. That'll be fine. Equally, consider how many times have you seen business cases, proposals, etc., where there is just a very one-sided view. You know, you have all the benefits and none of the costs, so to speak, in a very simplistic way. So really consider the pros and cons of each, and also consider how ideas can combine, or how they overlap, or even how they contradict each other as well. Because with this understanding of the different options available, you can start to consider How can you take the essence of each idea? How can you take the pros and begin to combine them to form a new ultimate hybrid option that is all of the upsides combined? However, you do also need to avoid double counting benefits as well. This is especially important where you've got multiple teams all working towards this number one key priority. But it's likely if that is the case, there are going to be multiple initiatives which are overlapping and maybe even contradicting as well, and you can't necessarily take a cumulative total of all of these different initiatives. And if you're doing that, then suddenly the short term looks very rosy. But when you come to the end of the year and you tot up the numbers, suddenly you're in a bad place, right? Because 
these proven benefits just evaporate. They've been delivered by multiple projects all combined at once. And again, this is really important to understand how you're doing trials and how you're being able to collect data. Loads of different factors in there. <laughs> if you'd like to dive into that particular challenge much deeper or any of these challenges, if you're thinking about how do you balance your short term and your long term, then feel free to reach out. It'd be great to discuss everything through with you in a more specific way. You can find me on LinkedIn or email me oliver.banks at obandco.uk. The next factor we need to think about is around decision making. And we've actually come up against decision making multiple times, of course, in the podcast already. In particular, I'll draw your attention to a couple of episodes, episode 195 called The Anatomy of a Decision and episode 196 called Learning from World-Class Decision Makers. So do listen to those couple of episodes because I believe decision making is such a crucial skill and we don't really ever get any training on it, certainly not early on in our careers where we're really forging our ways of working and how we understand elements like bias, for example. And when we're facing this balance between short term and long term, it's really challenging because it's easy to be overwhelmed with decision paralysis. Everyone is too scared to make a decision. Everyone is even too scared to make a recommendation. No one wants to be the person that says, I think we should do option B. And then it turns out to be a terrible idea. <laughs> and everything is that person's fault, right? Everyone has that fear, especially in times of tough trading conditions and perhaps poor performance. And in turn, what this decision paralysis does is it basically escalates every decision up the hierarchy. Now, often decisions are made too far up the hierarchy already. And what we do is we force more basic decisions to be made by more senior people and they get overwhelmed and suddenly the entire organizational machine and all of the strategic thinking gets ground down making more basic decisions that should be made lower down the hierarchy. So when you're faced with this short-term, long-term balance, really challenge yourself and challenge your organization. Who should be making these decisions? And how do we delegate the decision-making, not escalate it? You'll need to be thinking more strategically as you take on decision-making too. Ensure that you consider both the long and the short-term impacts. And that's true in tough times and easier times, let's be honest. But also think about guide rails or limits. What restrictions essentially do you need to put in place to protect the long term? When is it that you need to act if you are seeing a particular impact? And we'll come back to that in a moment. What are the non-negotiables that you just won't budge on as an organization? And these non-negotiables really forge your integrity as an organization. If you're saying about the customer is always number one or always the most important or we're customer obsessed, whatever that is, if you're saying that and then saying, actually, we're going to cut costs in the customer service center and knowingly increase waiting times, those two contradict. And that's visible for everyone to see. Consider when the decisions are needing to be made. Are all the parties involved clear on these timelines? And equally, what is the timeline for this? How long is the lead time between the decision and the action? How long is the time from action to results? And going forward, 
if there is an issue, how long is it going to be to react and take mitigating action as well? Now, just a moment ago, I touched on the importance of measuring, and it is absolutely crucial to measure the impact of your short-term thinking and actions. You know, what is the potential ripple effect? Because if we're really thinking about that primary KPI that we're optimizing for and prioritizing, what's the broader impact? And is this agreed as a group? Because how are you going to measure this, like I say, the broader impact? You're going to need to consider leading measures for these so there is time to react if you see that it's not going to plan. And perhaps you want to lay out some best and worst case scenarios and decide what's most likely in terms of this impact to the broader KPIs and metrics. And then if you do see this impact start to occur, how is this baked into your future forecasts, including your financial plans? Because if you are not baking this conscious impact into your future plans and your forecasts, then essentially what you're doing is you're tying your hands behind your back and you're going to be at a severe disadvantage as you take on the future. And what's going to happen then? You need to resort to some urgent short-term plans once more and the vicious cycle gets deeper and deeper and faster and faster. So dashboards and scorecards for all of these complex KPI webs and networks is a really important element. And it's going to show that you're on the path to recovery or delivering those short-term goals as well. So everyone's a winner. Bonus. Now, it would be totally remiss if we're talking about taking urgent short-term actions and we didn't touch on execution because executing effectively is hugely important. And of course, this is a massive topic, far too big to go into here. But I must touch on the importance of communication. It's such a huge part of effective execution, especially if you're streamlining the business for those short-term cost savings, for example. So if there is, let's say, a budget cut to hours for your frontline colleagues, everyone can see what's going on, right? If you try to hide this budget cut, everyone sees it. And actually, if you try and hide it, it makes the whole situation much worse. So how are you going to communicate openly and honestly? And given the importance and often the urgency, it's worth getting advice from communications experts to help you craft this messaging. And I'd also encourage you to go check out episode 209 with communication expert Lucy Eckley. And we're talking about effective change communications. Now, as I said, there are loads of considerations that we could dive into about effective execution. And I suppose overall, it's important to consider not just the what of your short term change, but also the how. How are you going to realize this? And how are the benefits that are forecast going to be actually delivered? Now, we're getting to the close of the episode, and I've got one other factor for you to consider in when you're talking about short-term gains and those long-term pains, and that's around learning, learning for the future. We want to encourage continuous improvement, continuous learning, right? And therefore, you've got to take genuine lessons from how you have approached short-term actions once you've done them. And during this process, you must be open about the long-term impacts and how you've tried to balance the short and long term. And done effectively, and applied effectively as well, by the way, these lessons will help you to think about the long term and tomorrow's short term, so to speak, early. (laughs) So we're going to wrap this one up in a moment. I've got some final thoughts to share with you, but 
I wanted to just look ahead to the next episode. I mentioned this is a, a two-parter. And in the next episode, we're going to be thinking about how you can avoid falling into this balancing act between long-term and short-term. How can you, as an organization and as an individual, how can you become more strategic, more thoughtful with your plans, albeit that there is an inevitability of volatility and the need for short-term change of plans, <laughs> as we've discussed today. I've mentioned a few different podcast episodes as we've gone through today's episode, and there are even more suggestions for you on the show notes page at obandco.uk slash 274. And you'll also find my contact details if you want to reach out and talk through this in more detail, plus the chance to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing so you're up to speed with the evolving retail industry as it happens. So head on over obandco.uk slash 274. Now some final thoughts. We, as people, love immediate results. We love instant gratification. And the rise of all the tools that we use today only proliferate this. Whether it's social media, likes and hearts, whether it's getting WhatsApp messages or emails, Slack messages, whatever, and even gamification of various software tools as well, right? We love this short endorphin rush. We're addicted to it. But as we translate this into business, we don't want to be working towards short endorphin rushes. That is not a long-term sustainable plan for operating a business. But there are times where we find the business in a tight spot. And we need to do something to bring in the numbers. And given the volatility in the market, that's okay. As long as we're considering the long-term business continuity and sustainability, as I say. We're making conscious decisions and we're aligned across the organization. But just for a moment, come out of retail and join me in the game of chess. Because in chess, you can't immediately go for checkmate. Although... There may be early opportunities that really tempt us. But in chess, if we fulfill this temptation, what's likely to happen is you're going to sacrifice your key pieces. Equally, you don't want to rush forward your queen or your other key pieces to be able to take that first pawn that has moved, right? You'll become quickly exposed and, like I say, make a sacrifice that you don't really want to do and is unjustified. Chess is a game about the long haul. It's about strategic thinking. It's about planning and positioning. Certainly, there could be times where you make a known sacrifice to either gain some ground or perhaps to expose your opponent, right? But this should only be done in a considered way. And if you consider the real experts of chess, the grandmasters, they're making moves and planning out, positioning several moves ahead of where the game is right now, trying to outthink their opponent, trying to outthink the market, so to speak. Also, working out where they can make sacrifices in the short term and where they can't. Because in chess or retail, short-term success should not and cannot overshadow the long-term victory. And with that, I wish you a ton of luck as you look to balance those short-term gains and avoid the long-term pains. Oh, and if you do know someone that would love to listen to this episode, please do share it. Send them an email, send them a message, point them in the direction of episode 274 of the Retail Transformation Show. Thanks so much. 
and I look forward to joining you in another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now. Oh,